1: Uh, Luke Goody was in warm-ups Saturday at Iowa. He looked ready. His three-point shot looked true, but he didn't play. Uh, when's that going to happen, Scott Ritchie? Well,
0: first, maybe not unexpected that he didn't play at Iowa, but I think Tuesday at home against 1-11 and in the Big Ten Minnesota could be a good opportunity to get the sophomore guard on the court for his season debut, and maybe he knocks down a few threes.
1: All right, Dr. Richie, our beat writer, will have the latest on the health of the Illini. He'll talk about the crazy Big Ten race, and uh, he'll even drop some recruiting info in this week's Inside Illini Basketball. Come back after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On the Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. Especially you, Scott Ritchie. Welcome back. Good to see you in the podcast booth. Thank you. Ed Bond filled in admirably last week. Uh, You've now got to match Ed's intensity and knowledge. Okay. Give it a try.
0: I'll certainly give my best effort.
1: This is Inside the Line at Basketball. Scott Ritchie, our beat writer, uh, along with us for the next half hour or so. Uh, Ed Bond remains our producer. This is Jim Rosso. Beat writer in uh, 2001 when they were really good, Illinois basketball.
0: I've heard that before. Mm -hmm.
1: Loved hearing. You know, one of my favorite guys uh, is Rod Cardinal. Okay. All right. Good enough. Fair enough. And I bugged him last week because we were looking for an angle to the 30th anniversary of Andy Kaufman's shot to beat the Hawkeyes, which fell on Saturday. Good timing. And Rod came up with a great story that uh, we played uh, online at newsgazette.com. Might make the, the it will make print. I'll tell you that in a little bit here, Scott Rich. He started. Okay. But he wrote uh, how he, after the uh, chaos that uh, that followed Kaufman's shot in 93, he scooped up some papers that were knocked off Coach Hansen's clipboard, and sure enough, one of them was the actual rendering of the play. That worked. T.J. Wheeler to Kaufman, Nothing but net. Yeah. And he kept that play until years later on an Australian tour with Ron Kruger's team in 99. He lost his trainer's kid. <laughs> and with it, the famous play. The play. There. That's all. that's all I got for you this morning. I thought it was great. But had a reader uh, from Jacksonville, home of Andy Kaufman, uh, reach out to me over the week and say that's a great story. I'd love to give a copy of the paper to Andy to read this. I didn't have the heart to tell her that. It was, it was on online only. <laughs> so uh, maybe I better write it in tomorrow's News Gazette. This is probably a good idea. And,
0: I mean, that play, obviously was a great shot by Andy Kaufman, but, I mean, T.J. Wheeler has to get the credit for, I think, putting that ball on the pass, the, I mean, the only place he could.
1: I think quarterback in high school, T.J. Wheeler, and that became clear on it that showed. play. Anyway, great play. Love, uh, we did a few years ago, and Did a compilation of each Big Ten school's most famous radio call. Yep. And you can look on it. uh, We linked it over the weekend to a couple stories you did. So maybe some of our readers happen upon that. But it was fabulous radio. Jim Turpin. Who was at Ed Bonn? Was that uh, Tate on Color? Just going berserk.
0: Well, I mean, that's one of those plays that's like one in a million chance of probably working. Mm -hmm. And it does. So you got to Got to sell it.
1: Also linked was uh, the News Gazette story the following day. uh, Our photographer left at (laughs) halftime. That's part (laughs) of the story. (laughs) and We had to scramble to, uh, I was not here at the time, but we had to scramble to get photos of the celebration. Fortunately, some fans, uh, this was before cell phones, obviously, or some not fans, some part-timers were taking pictures. Mark Jones, the longtime uh, photographic, uh, person at Illinois helped out. We covered our bases, but it was a scramble. Yeah. Let's talk about this year's Atlanta, can we now? I mean, Scott, you've been.
0: That Iowa game was probably better to talk about than Saturday's. I mean, what a is,
1: weird, weird scene. Uh, turned out to be a great game. Yeah. Ish. Exc- okay, how about this? Turned out to be a fun game to watch.
0: Yeah, I mean, it obviously. It's fairly high scoring. Both teams, you know, did you know, some good things offensively. Um, Illinois gave it away, though. I mean, like, you don't foul that many times. You don't turn it over that many times, especially on the road, and expect to win. And I mean, like Tony Perkins, like maybe don't foul Tony Perkins after he's made his first like eight or nine straight free throws. I maybe mean, stop it because it looks like he's going to make them all. But I mean, that was an issue and the turnovers were an issue, and just think, I, and it was a two-point game. Like There was a, a difference maker in those two things that Illinois can control and that they did not very well.
1: A little frustrating for the Illinois fan base. I can tell you Tony Perkins, the game of his life, right? But you can tell he was in that zone the players talk about, and when you get into that zone, it doesn't matter if you tr- do not try to follow him, foul him, he is going to get fouled. Yeah, and just like, like he's going to hit a jump shot.
0: And there was a times like in the second half, like he'd get the ball, you know, attack the basket, and it just he was kind of. It seemed like he was toying with Illinois. It was like I'm just going to dribble a little bit longer. I know you're going to foul me, um, and I'm going to time this, you know, shot attempt perfectly that I'll go to the line, and
1: like he just, he was feeling it. Mm-hmm. And, all right, let's move on. No more Iowa talk. Much like I ask you not to talk about football on this podcast, I'm going to ask you not to talk about Iowa.
0: Okay. Oh, one more thing about Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Troll job was complete by the the Hawkeyes. They had the Boys and Girls Club of the Corridor uh, as the official name. It's this group from Cedar Rapids. Okay. They were sitting in seats that might have been occupied by the Orange Crush, if they hadn't been caught. And they brought those kids out onto the court during a timeout. The place went wild. Like everybody was in on the joke mm-hmm. and just a little more fuel to the fire for what's uh, become I think Illinois chief rival
1: as you wrote in the paper I can't wait to see how uh, these schools respond don't discount the orange crush in its next endeavor
0: yeah I mean the thing is like that was the only Illinois Iowa game this year like Big mm-hmm. Ten missed the boat by not right. scheduling to him like stop making Northwestern a thing and scheduling two games every year
1: who cares right
0: Illinois Iowa. Twice a year, once Champagne, once Iowa City. Make it happen.
1: Our Ethan Simmons, uh, Illinois grad, class of I think twenty twenty one. That's Is that right? <laughs> was over at Camps <laughs> to document uh, the Orange Crush and their rooting interests. That was a fun scene. He said he escaped sober. <laughs> and I, so I so, so you him told for you? that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his photo was in the print edition of Sunday's News Gazette. Thank you, Ethan. But uh, it was a neat scene. Moving forward, maybe the Orange Crush uh, still sneaks into an arena uh, this season. Which uh, well, they travel to Penn State. You obviously have thousands of seats to choose from. Yeah, and I mean, there's fewer
0: because the the tarps on the upper tear the tarp down. They're back up. They were down briefly when Penn State was like got up to number nine in the country, and fans were like, "Hey, this is kind of exciting." We never really pay attention, but um, that's that's changed. Like they're not a bad team this year, but uh, Penn State's not a huge basketball place. Uh, but there there are other road games. I uh, Doubt they can get them for Indiana. Probably sold out. Um, Ohio State's in the just going down the toilet. So maybe do that one. Um, what else is there?
1: It's a W. Purdue.
0: You're not going to get them at right at Mackey. I say Ohio not two years in a row.
1: Yeah, Indiana, you might get killed. It's a mean, mean fan base <laughs> that would not take lightly to the uh, invasion. Depends on where the the
0: section winds up because <laughs> there there are some louder, maybe more um, socially lubricated sections in that mm-hmm. assembly hall.
1: That's a uh, back again back in the day when I covered uh, Big Ten basketball for that one that, year. <laughs> that was by far the most vile audience uh, every year uh, I went to the that assembly hall. And like just the
0: the way the building is designed, love it that it goes straight up, it just like it seems like all of the noise just funnels down right on top of the court
1: like it's It's a great venue. last old time story, me and Osmussen were at assembly hall back in the uh, when Bob Knight was still coaching, and we it was a football game day, and they were practicing, and we managed to sneak in the assembly hall and went to the very top, and as you know, the very top of that assembly hall is like like high rise. Way, way up there. Bring your
0: oxygen tank with you. Opened a door
1: in the pitch dark uh, upper portions of the stadium and uh, uh, started watching practice. And then not seconds later, a trainer came in from beyond the door we just entered and asked, what the hell are you doing (laughs) here? Get out! (laughs) That was our... (laughs) And so we left. There we go.
0: Because the second person that showed up would have been Bobby Knight. Busted
1: by Bob Knight. Might have been a chair involved. Anyway, all right. Uh, this is Monday morning uh, inside of Lineup Basketball, which means the AP Top Twenty Five drops, of which uh, Richie is a voting member of. I can tell you that you didn't vote Illinois in your Top Twenty Five, but I can also tell you they probably got some votes.
0: They did, um, and they have every week since they dropped out of the Top Twenty Five. Um, nominally, thirty first in the country. If it worked that way, I mean that's that's where their number of Points would place them um, behind and others receiving votes that would be behind Florida Atlantic, Duke, Auburn, Clemson, and Pittsburgh.
1: They would go five and oh against those teams. Um, yes,
0: I think they'd beat Pittsburgh, they'd beat Clemson. I'm not a huge fan of this Auburn team, so I'll say yes. Duke, yes, maybe depends. I think it depends. Um, Florida Atlantic. They won in Champaign in, what, what year was that, 2018 or 2019? Kofi. Kofi was there on Game. his official visit. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's a good thing Illinois lost to FAU because the way Kofi tells it is like, they clearly need me. Um, so it's a, an interesting Florida Atlantic team under Dusty May. I will just say that Florida Atlantic and Illinois both have the same number of quad one wins. It's two. Illinois keeps losing them because Wisconsin and Ohio State are uh,
1: struggling. Every uh, team but Purdue, uh, I think, in Ohio State uh, are seven and five in the Big Ten.
0: That's roughly correct. Okay, Um, Illinois is in a, I think it's a six or seven way tie. Let's count it: one, two, three, four, five. They're in a six way tie for third. Okay. Um, Now Rutgers is a game ahead and second, and then Michigan State is a game behind in. What would be ninth place in the Big Ten, looks like. Um, So a lot could still happen. And Indiana did everybody with a reasonable chance at a Big Ten title, or semi-reasonable, did them a favor by beating Purdue on Saturday. Um, Now Purdue still has a a two-and-a-half game lead on Rutgers in second, but you never know. Especially this year in the Big Ten.
1: Good morning, Illini Nation. Every morning, six a.m. IlliniHQ.com. Scott Ritchie breaks out his unique online-only content. Uh, one of those segments last week dealt with how Illinois could win the Big Ten. You yeah. were you were spot on. It didn't help with the.
0: No, and I think part of it was probably should win Saturday at Iowa just to mm-hmm. better the chance because Illinois is going to play more games on the road than at home in this final stretch. Um. So it's a little tougher now, but it's not still not like mathematically impossible. But it's it was a long shot to begin with, and they didn't really help themselves. They they had a chance to pick up two games Mm -hmm. on Saturday, and they didn't.
1: All right, this week Minnesota, uh, Tuesday. That's a W. I don't even want to talk about that game. They're one Gophers are one and eleven in the Big Ten. They're really bad, real tough. How'd they get so bad? And it's been a while. since your boy, that guy's on Texas in his 12th year Marcus left. Carr. Yeah. I uh, hope back then.
0: Just not as much talent. Like, they have two really good players, I think, in Dawson yeah. Garcia and Jamison Battle, but yeah, they're horrible. The guard play has not been great, okay. and you need, like, you need good guards. That's okay. Kind of a thing.
1: Uh, then Rutgers on Saturday, that should be a much more entertaining game, but that's also a W, and I just bring that up because you're sitting next to me. Yeah. And may I say uh, a little too close well, in the in the name of personal space. I wish you sat a little farther away during this podcast.
0: I mean, I'll take that under consideration, but um, I'm not sure how exciting maybe the Rutgers game will be. Um, mostly because it's going to be a very tough, gritty defensive battle. So if you're looking for a lot of points, um, that's not going to be your game, most likely. Um, but Illinois is just barely favored at home against Rockers, and that could change by Saturday. Um, the Scarlet Knights do have another game. This week they play Tuesday at Indiana. This is a tough little stretch for them. Tuesday at in- at Indiana, then Saturday at Illinois. So Kay. we'll see if Rutgers is legit. They I, are. I think they are. Defensively, you'd um, said forever. Th- th- Rutgers has been better over the last few years under Steve Peichel than they were in three decades. Why don't you just
1: move to P- Piscataway?
0: Nah, it's too weird there. Like, other people have to pump your gas. And, like, I don't. <laughs> It's it's just a strange social interaction when you've been pumping gas since, like, you were 12. (laughs) Um, But defensively, Rutgers is number two in the country and adjusted uh, efficiency. Only Tennessee is better. um, And they play some really low-scoring games, like 38, 35 Illinois-Penn State type of games, um, but on purpose. Um, Illinois also, if they don't foul all the time, has been much better defensively, so
1: points could be at a premium. Okay, that's not good news for me. I I much rather watching games like Saturday when dudes are hoisting threes. Um, no, I mean Illinois
0: is going to hoist threes. Right. It's just a matter of how many they're going to make. They were, I mean, it's not a very high bar to clear, um, but they were better at Iowa than they were at home against
1: Nebraska. Okay, Lauren Tate, our esteemed columnist, our Hall of Fame columnist went into some deep math in his column after the Iowa game, expressing his disdain of so many three-pointers, basically, and the need to improve your accuracy to keep shooting them.
0: Yeah, um, I think the thing that's gonna trip up Warren is that three is worth more than two, so teams, uh, mm-hmm. I, from an analytics standpoint, it makes more sense to take more threes. Uh, but you also have to make them, and that's been Illinois' issue. And if you're not making them, I'd argue you better only take the really good
1: ones. All right, Luke Goody uh, was available on Saturday, or as Brad Underwood said. Warmed up. You were there for warm-ups.
0: Yeah. Did and you like think I...
1: he'd play at all after watching those?
0: Not really, and mostly only because he only practiced for two days. And you know the way you know Brad Underwood said it on friday it was like thursday's practice like he had to take himself out just because conditioning wasn't at the right level now he's been doing a lot of you know work on his own in his recovery i mean a lot of you know running initially on their underwater treadmill that takes you know the some of the the pressure off of you know the lower body um did a lot of you know workouts before like before home games if when he wasn't going to dress like he'd be out really early and getting up shots but there's a difference between like workouts and like going up and down five on five basketball. He just needed to take me a little more time in practice just to get his get his air back get his oxygen back and we'll see.
1: This is not the Eureka YMCA League. It's not that you can just show up and start running the court. It is amazing the the Physical prowess of, of players at the high college level. Yeah. Oh well, no, YMCA in
0: Eureka, but we did have the Nazarene Church.
1: Did you? Carpeted floor. Carpeted floor. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> How did I ever guess that?
0: <laughs> um, and also the
1: second story of a barn, uh, as well. I have shot in a barn before. I think as that's as that's real hasure.
0: real Midwestern basketball. It is. If you've never played, in a, it. You've never played basketball in a barn. You've never played basketball. Thank you.
1: Ed Bond. I, Ed's never taken a shot in the barn. I have. And liked it. I would and challenge the, anybody to a free throw contest. Probably due to that. In a barn or anywhere? Anywhere. Okay. Just due to my upbringing.
0: I saw, and free throws, we can bring that up. We'll get back into Iowa just a bit. I One mean, last time. There were, saw some fans on Twitter. I got some emails that just, uh, you know, bemoaned Illinois' free throw shooting. Well, I mean, I'm not sure they watched... Saturday's game because Illinois made 18 of 23 free throws. That's really good for them this year.
1: So that's. important. doesn't even count in my book. The force miss, right? So well, it's well, I mean, yeah, 18 of 22, I would say. Even better. Because
0: Co- Coleman was like, he knew, I'm sure, but he was also probably told, you have to miss this one. There
1: probably is an art to the missed free throw on purpose, and he, he did not quite do it. No, like, I, like... I think there is, and I would like, maybe you can talk to an expert. Who would be that expert on the. Missed free throw. I think there has to be a little more arch involved, maybe. I mean, I think you can look at it two ways. Either
0: you do maybe put some more arc on it so it bounces up higher, just increases the chances of you know your teammates getting it, or you throw it really hard off the front of the rim and hope it comes right back. To That's you what know. I think he did. Yeah, his was more of the line missed. drive. Yeah, I think both have it's you know your your margin for success is fairly small mm-hmm. in that, but. I'm not sure if one is um, – yeah, I'll ask Brad Underwood today.
1: All right. I bet he's got some thoughts on it. I bet he's tried that trick a couple times. Yeah. Scott Ritchie, our beat writer, uh, back in one piece. Glad to know you're you're feeling better these days. All good? Yeah. Right? This is your doctor's checkup. Okay. Every Monday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there will be no prodding, no poking. <laughs> verbal, <laughs> verbal only. Could I see your credentials real quick? <laughs> Dr. Rosso. <laughs> uh, uh, two games this week, uh, you, uh, when I brought up something this morning, you said, hey, it's only going to get rougher and tougher the rest of the way. To me, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, uh-huh. and
0: there was a time before the season started where you looked at Illinois' schedule and it was like, that's the kind of schedule that can maybe lead to another Big Ten title. It didn't look at first glance like it would be be all that tough. Um, then Penn State's been better than people expected. Northwestern's been better than people expected. Um, you know, Ohio State's may have been worse, um, but it's the Big Ten as a whole is maybe not what it was projected to be. Now, if you look at Illinois' remaining schedule, it's sort of in the middle of the road in terms of strength of schedule. Um, because there's, there's a decent mix of teams that are better than they were projected to be. Penn State, Northwestern. Um, teams that are not as good as everyone thought they'd be. Ohio State, Michigan. And then there's also Rutgers, who's probably better than expected. I mean, they were picked sort of in the middle of the Big Ten, and they're number two. Then, obviously, it ends at Purdue. And Purdue, even Purdue's better than. Because I think they were picked fifth. And okay. they're probably going to win it, um, maybe. So they're and road games at Penn State, at Indiana, at Ohio State, at Purdue down the stretch. Like that's not easy. So I mean, always still an NCAA tournament team. Only if and the only way they're not is if they just go straight in the tank.
1: Oh, they're in, and uh, I'm still confident that they will make a second weekend run. And when's the last time we've said that? we well, at it, Bob. I mean, Give think, me that weird look.
0: I think the two, <laughs> the last two years, there was a pretty good idea <laughs> that they'd make a second weekend run. That's why I'm confident this year. It's a different approach. Third time's a charm. <laughs> Let's back our way into it <laughs> instead of being you know a top four seed or number one seed. They
1: have, as uh, my buddy Stephen Bardo said, the second, uh, the most talented roster in the Big Ten. I'm not backing down on that.
0: I, yeah, like, they do have talent, but, like... And they got another month to get it together. <laughs> Don't you panic, like,
1: Scott Ritchie. Listen just, to Dr. Rosso.
0: They just need better wins. There's uh, time
1: and now, an opportunity.
0: Yeah, you know, I did get an email. And it's a regular emailer. Don't know his actual name. Doesn't provide that. But, but has always been very critical of Brad Underwood. Okay. And after every loss, it gets a little more. But the thesis of that email was... Illinois should have won a national championship by now because mm-hmm. other coaches like Tony Bennett, Scott Drew, Tom Izzo, Bill Self, like, they all would have won a national title by year six. So I, I looked it up. Mm. Okay. Um, now, Tom Izzo did win a national championship in his fifth year at Michigan State. He had also spent a dozen years as an assistant there um, under Jed Heathcote. At the end of that run, was probably as influential as to Michigan State, success you know, as an assistant, as the head coach was. Bill Self also won a national championship at Kansas in his fifth season. Um, inherited a much better program, much better team. The two years before he took the Kansas job, they were in a Final Four and were national runners-up. So Tony Bennett and Scott Drew, maybe there's a little, took Tony Bennett 10 years to win a national title at Virginia, and it took Scott Drew 18. 2-1-1 at Baylor. Expecting one from Brad Underwood in six years might be a bit much because there was a steep hill to climb when he got the team. And did they have a really good opportunity a couple of years ago with Io and with Kofi and that number one seed? Sure. Um, but is not was not as bad a team as I think some Illinois fans want to think they were, like how terrible of a loss that was. Bad loss. But it was just a, thought. I'd dispel maybe some. I don't know.
1: I think this conversation is probably taking place in every Big Ten town, including East Lansing, where, while well, he won in 2000, it was just 2000. a long time ago. <laughs> doggone it! Yeah. And every Big Ten, it's amazing to me that the Big Ten hasn't won a national title since that many years. years. Um. Crazy.
0: Yes, and
1: no, no, just yes. No, a little bit. I mean, if you look at the Big Twelve, are you kidding? Back, I just don't get it. I know Kansas is there, but yeah. Taylor.
0: Scott Drew just might be a good coach. And he's also increased the talent level exponentially oh, in grew, Waco. Grew up in Valparaiso. Comes from a, a very successful coaching family. Okay. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of really good players that don't wind up in the Big Ten. I think that's, that's part
1: of the equation. Yep. All right. What else is going on recruiting-wise, uh, Scott Reggie?
0: Not a lot right now. I mean – the twenty twenty three class, from a high school standpoint, it's done. I mean, Monty Hansberry, uh, Dre Gibbs Lawhorn, both signed, both on track to be here um, in the summer. Uh, then Zachary, you know, Moretti—they're both already here. Mm-hmm. Um, so any additions in you know this off season are going to be transfer related. I don't think you add any more high school recruits and. I don't think you can. I think you need older players. Um, So that leaves the 2024 class, and, you know, Merez Johnson, still committed. Still rising up the rankings. Um, I think some, because, I mean, there's a lot of different rankings you can look at, but at least one has him ranked higher than his teammate, James Brown, who's going to North Carolina, or committed to North Carolina. But 2024 recruiting that will pick up steam in the spring when uh, the grassroots AU season starts, and then. Might gain some more traction there, and maybe some new names to watch. Certainly, and but this is kind of a focus. A lot of your attention on your team, kind of the home stretch of the regular season, you know, with the push towards March. So I think that's where that's where Illinois coaches. I mean, they're not not recruiting, but this team is their focus.
1: All right, Scott Ritchie going to be at the Esquire tonight, five p.m. If you want to go throw back a beer with him,
0: um, I mean, you can. If you want to be there and have a beer, you can. Okay, drink it. I I will abstain, but
1: shot of bourbon maybe. It's that Bond's choice. No, nope. I don't know. know they do He's a working.
0: shot of bourbon. I would take like
1: two or three fingers worth on a glass. Yeah, and sip right. on it. Uh, Brad Underwood at Papa Dell's. Then at seven o'clock tonight. Always a fun Monday. Uh, our guys at the News Gazette talk high school radio at uh, high school basketball at six p.m. Ty Pence was in the other day. No, I know there was some uh, involvement with Illinois way back when with the Saint Joseph Ogden Star, who had a doozy of a game against your Bloomington Central Catholic offer the other night. Not my offer;
0: that'd be Brad's. Okay, I'm offer. just telling you. I'm just.
1: I'm we put up what forty or speaking something. Speaking truth, set Cole the school Serti. record. Basically, did everything. Well, that's that's a lot of his
0: game. Okay, at Saint Joe, he he can do a lot. Does do a lot. He's um, going to Illinois State. Is going to Illinois State, not going to Illinois? no, there was some early interest that it waned okay um but I think pens could be very successful.
1: maybe a little transfer here
0: <laughs> it uh, happens <laughs> there I mean I think the last I issued to Illinois transfer was Marcus Arnold mm-hmm. um and I was i do believe still in high school when that happened um so it's been a while uh Okay. I also wasn't thrilled that that happened. I uh, grew up an ISU fan. I was, didn't want to see him leave.
1: Devonte Rice made the Drake, Drake to yeah. Illinois after starring at Centennial High School here in Champaign. So you never know. Yeah. Well, is what I'm saying. Bruce Weber probably should have recruited Devonte
0: mm-hmm. at the time. He was a baller. I, I covered him a few times in high
1: school. All-time leading scorer for the Chargers. He was really good. All right. What have we got to, uh, to look forward to other than uh, two and o week? That prediction record of yours continues to struggle. By the way, one last revisit of Iowa. You predicted Illinois to win. Yeah, and they did not.
0: If you looked at how that game played out, they should have. So I'm going to take that. (laughs) (laughs) That's an L (laughs) still, Scotty. I'm going to take that as a moral victory. Um, I I believe in those when they come to to me, not anywhere else. Um, Yeah, it's tough. This is a very confounding Illinois team. There's several games I think I've picked them to win where they should they. You play it nine out of ten times, and they do win. Um, I've caught them on that tenth time fairly often um, this year.
1: Maybe Luke Goody plays on uh, Tuesday. That seems to be a pretty good chance. I mean, it would if the game goes like it
0: should against Minnesota. I think that creates an opportunity to get him on the floor. And I know, like I've, some people, you know, have either emailed or tweeted you know, to me as like or I think I've seen even someone in our Facebook comments on line HQ. Like, follow that. We post all our stories there, and there's mm-hmm. conversation. Sometimes goes off the rails, but that's whatever. Um, but just, like, a red shirt for Luke Goody. It's like, not going to happen. One, I don't think Brad Underwood believes in red shirts necessarily, unless it's a guy that shows up mid-year and either can't play, or is Nico Moretti and was not going to be ready to play, so you, you do red shirt. But it's a lot of, like, why would any coach, not just Braden, would give a player another year to maybe play somewhere else? There's just no guarantee that that extra year would even be on your own on their team. So there you go. And I think with like, like Luke goody situation, because he was injured early but healthy enough probably to play now, like that's where basketball maybe needs to investigate having that same or not same, but maybe a similar redshirt rule to football where you can play. A certain number of games and so preserve a year of eligibility, but I don't know if that'll happen.
1: Commissioner Richie
0: weighed in. I like it. Just the thought would make, I mean, with football, it makes more sense just because the rosters are huge. Um, but like if Luke would have played 10 games, because that might be all he gets ish now. If he would have played 10 games in the beginning of the year, then broke his foot, he could get this year back. Yeah.
1: All right. Besides Good Morning Illini Nation, uh, you can sign up at newsgazette.com for our uh, Illini basketball newsletter. comes out every nine a.m. at your in your email. gives you all the headlines, all the great stuff that Richie does and uh, Joe Vizzelli of our women's beat as well, which uh, continues yeah, got, to pick up interest. They got another win Sunday, yeah. against Minnesota. Big crowd again. Uh, love to see that turnout as well. All right, Scotty. Uh, sorry for cutting you off on data this week.
0: Uh, I dropped some. Strength of schedule.
1: Okay. And real quick, give me your one, two, and three power pole, and then I got to cut you off.
0: I got to change at the top. Matthew Meyer, number
1: mm. one. All right. Headband at all.
0: I like it. That's uh, a good, I mean, it's an interesting look. All right. And I think he's found a headband that is maybe more sanitary that You're he right. just didn't find on the floor. Important. Yeah. Um, and then number two, Jaden Epps. Fair. And, honestly, I think I'm going to go Dane Danger number three. Like, mm-hmm. Terrence Shannon is just all right, it's not played to the level that he set for himself for most of the
1: year. I'd love to keep talking with you, but I'm getting a call from uh, T. Shannon with a uh, Chicago prefix. Uh, I better take that. now. It's amazing how he... <laughs> I think he'd that agree that Dane week. and Jaden and
0: Matthew have been playing really well.
1: All right, uh, that's Scott Ritchie. Uh, follow along with him on Twitter and uh, say hello uh, at a game uh, when he's uh, courtside. Ed Bond, thank you very much. We will talk to you guys next Monday.